Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives. Today I want to speak about a very important topic on how we can be free from the trap of offense. Offense. Um, we know that we live in such a day where so many are living with offense. We see it. We feel it. We've come through some difficult years here. Uh, we've come into some economic difficulties in our world, social unrest, um, the, the crazy political unrest that we feel. And um, I don't know, has anybody felt offended? I know I have, right? Can we just be honest? Uh, that's for sure. Uh, but I think what I want us all to know of, of all the ways that Satan can try to destroy you, he's out to destroy your life. And one of the ways that he does that, first and foremost, is the trap of offense. The trap of offense that has been set for each and every one of us. We're human, right? And um, it's, it's very hidden and it's very sneaky if we allow it. And so why is that true? Well, one is it's, we understand that the Bible talks about that it's impossible to not be offended. Jesus even says this, but even if you escape one offense, there's creative ways that the enemy has tried to bait each and every one of us. And the, that, that feeling of offense is endless to our lives. It comes just because we're human. But just think about all the ways you've been offended in the past week or even in the past month or the past year. And it doesn't take long as you watch TV and political commentary. You hear a comment from a coworker or a spouse driving along the road. Somebody did something. You know, you walked into a grocery store and you met a Karen. And I think Karens have gotten a bad rap. <laughs> Karen, you are not a Karen of the world, you, right? I think Karens have gotten a bad rap, right? Uh, you can read comments on social media. I mean, have you ever been in line where there's two lines and there's, you're supposed to merge and you're to take turns, right? And, and this is kind of like that universal law of the universe, right? This happened to me before. I was at McDonald's once, and there's two lines that are supposed to merge into one. And, and, and the lady cut me off and, and acted like I was the bad person. I mean, have you ever been there, right? When it's your turn, I'm thinking, man, this is crazy. You just broke a law that God put in place that everybody is to take turns in life, right? This, this is a universal law, right? But you know this from your life that it's impossible to not fall prey to this trap of offense. And really, the, the, the word offense, the definition is really to hurt the feelings of or insult or dislike or anger. That's at its basic level. Now, why I call it a trap is because throughout Scripture, that is the word that Jesus used for the word offense. Because in Luke chapter 17, Jesus is talking to his disciples on how to live the life he wants for them and how to produce fruit in their life. And that's the same thing that Jesus is talking to you and me today, that he's talking to us as his disciples, as believers in him, that he says, hey, I want you to live this way, but I want you to produce fruit in your life. And so Luke chapter 17, verse 1, he says, it is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through who they do come. 
And so it's impossible that we're going to live our life and not be offended. So Jesus already sets that up. He's very, being very real about this. He's being very open about it. Some translation says it's bound to come. It's going to happen. But the word Jesus uses here for offense is so descriptive. It's a word used throughout the New Testament, not only by Jesus, but some of the other writers of the New Testament. And, and watch as you look and see what this word offense means. Offense in the Greek is the word scandalon. Can you say the word scandalon with me? Scandalon. In the, in the English, it's scandalize. Um, and here's what it means. It's the bait that triggers a trap and closes when the animal touches it. A trap is set. There's bait there. It's put in. The animal touches the bait, and it closes. So why do you set a trap? Well, there are only two reasons. Primarily, one is to kill something. The other is to cage it, which means when you take the bait of the offense of Satan, it's his way of trying to kill you or to cage you, to hold you back from all the goodness that God has for your life and for mine. Isn't that amazing word picture that Jesus leaves us with? Think about the idea of the trap. Think about how creative we are as humans to create traps. We trap things, right? What we know of is Genesis chapter 3 says that Satan is more creative and craftier than any of us. But think about the traps that we are creative with in our life. We have the classic mouse trap. You take the cheese, peanut butter, and there you go. You get the glue that's scented, there you go. You have the ant traps in that you take one piece of bait, they take it back to the colony, the whole colony is dead. You've got the zapper. How many of you grew up with the outdoor zapper, 4,000 volts, right? It's shining bright. And, and that thing is glowing, and so when the bugs fly into it, it zaps them, right, immediately, and they're done. There, we have fishing lures. We bait fish in, right? And there is all kinds of these things. How many of you remember growing up, and you had this thing where it was the finger trap, where you put your fingers on each side, and then when you tried to pull out, it wouldn't allow you to pull out. And you're like, Mommy, I'm stuck, right? And until you took the moment to realize how to get out of it, right, you felt the feeling of being trapped. It doesn't matter how strong or how big you are or how important you think you are. The bait has been set for every single one of us through an offense, and it's Satan's way of destroying our lives. It has been set. And Jesus wants us to know this. And so anytime that you and I hold on to an offense, you grab the bait and you put bitterness in your heart. Now here's a stronger way of saying that so it sinks in. Holding on to offense allows bitterness to sink its fangs into your heart. How many of you know someone who's bitter today? You know somebody that is bitter, and if you know someone who is bitter, if you could dig into their life, you could almost always find that they are holding on to an offense or a hurt in their past. They took the bait, and now it's trapped them. And here's the problem. There's no win in being bitter. There's absolutely no win in our lives when we are bitter and we live that way. And so we understand that because that's what Jesus is trying to tell us. You'll never meet anyone who says, you know what, I'm better because I'm bitter. 
I'm so happy because I felt bitterness in my heart, right? There have been seasons in my life where I have taken the bait. I've taken the bait. But you have to realize this, that no bitter person has ever changed the world for good. No bitter person has changed the world for good. There's just no, you can't find it. But know this, God's plans for your future are too big for you to hold on to the offense from your past. So if you hang on to bitterness, you let go of God's best future for you. There's a, there's a way to not take the bait. And that's what Jesus is telling them. There's a way to not get trapped and to release it. And so this message today is for those that are here in the sound of my voice who don't want to hold on to an offense and who want to let go of their stuff. That choice is a choice for this. That choice is a choice for a peaceful mind. A peaceful mind. And sometimes you have to push and push because you're so tempted that you and I want to grab a hold of the bait that has been set for us by someone in our life. Someone. Someone out there. Maybe someone we don't even know. Right? And so it's our choice whether we're going to resist the temptation and, and, and say, no, I am not going to reach for the bait. I'm going to leave it there. Okay, I get it. It upsets me. It makes me mad. But I'm not going to grab a hold of the offense. That's a choice when you make that for a blessed life. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, I need this today. Offense is certain to happen. One of the most toxic forms of offense is unfulfilled expectation. I want you to think about that in your life. One of the most toxic forms of offense is unmet expectation. And Jesus is going to show us how that happened inside of the New Testament today. Matthew 11. Let me give you a little background. John the Baptist is in prison. It's not fun for him. He's in prison for preaching Jesus Christ. And in verse 2 it says, And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things which you hear and the things which you see. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. That's, and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. He's talking about offense. What John is dealing with with his disciples Tell John for me. He's saying, tell John for me. Relay this message. Blessed is he who is not offended because of me. And I want to paraphrase this line a little bit. And here's how I want you to think about it. Jesus said to John, blessed is he who is not offended because of something I am doing or not doing that seems unfair or inconsiderate to him. Think about that for a minute because that's what he's saying here. That's what he's getting to. That's the heart. He knew John's heart already. And it's safe to say that John the Baptist had done so much for Jesus, proclaimed. That's why he is in prison. That's why he's there. You know, here's fearless John the Baptist, preached to the crowds of people, gathered them around, and he pointed them to Jesus. Now, John the Baptist has been put in prison, and he hears, he's heard Jesus in town. There's a lot of celebration going on while he's in this dark 
dirty dungeon. And Jesus is in the spotlight. And it's safe to say that John is in a place right now where he's saying, hey, remember me. Remember me, your buddy John here, you know, John the Baptist. I'm over here. You're Jesus. You could literally get me out of this right now. You could literally just say the word because you're Jesus and let me out of this prison cell. And based on the words of Jesus, he's offended. Can anybody here relate to John the Baptist? If we would just get honest today, you just look at the things in your life that you're thinking, well, they didn't call me. You didn't think about me. You didn't want me to, you fill in the blank. I thought you were going to do this in my life. That's what I thought. That was my expectation. And because you didn't do it, I am now offended. And here is John. He's offended with the whole thing of Jesus preaching for him. But now he's in jail and all this. And Jesus said offense will come. That's what he tells us. Many of you will be offended because of me. That's a real interesting comment because our idea of offense is that every time we're offended, that means somebody did something wrong. But how many of you know Jesus never did anything wrong? And he's saying some of you are going to be offended, and I really didn't do anything wrong. You're just offended because I didn't do what you wanted me to do. And there may be some of you in this room today that you're offended with God. And you're offended with Jesus because he didn't do what you wanted him to do. I understand we get mad at God. I get mad at God sometimes. We're real. We're human. But sometimes we carry it with us to the nth degree. And we have bitterness that is set into our heart because of what Jesus did or did not do for us. The unmet expectation that we have, that we have set up the parameters in our mind. Listen, anywhere and any time that you and I come in contact with other people, there's an absolute guarantee of offense. If you hear me and you heard that, say yes right? It doesn't mean you deserved it, but it it comes. It's going to happen. We're going to be overlooked. You're going to be insulted. You're going to be betrayed. And anytime you come in contact with other people, that's going to happen. Somebody will say something, do something that caused you to feel so offended. Others will not consider you. Others are going to make plans without you, haven't included you, but, and, and you realize people will treat you wrong, and then there comes just this feeling of offense. Somebody's going to say something that's not true about you. Somebody's going to take advantage of you. Somebody is going to underestimate you and your value. Then on top of all this, there's the hot-button issues that you and I have to deal with every day. It's politics, it's race, it's gender, it's hot-button issues that you and I, in our world, that we're dealing with on a daily basis. You don't have to go very far to find someone who sees the world completely different than you do, and when they talk, you're sure to feel offended. But just because you have the right to feel offended doesn't mean you should. Have you noticed in our social environment that people feel justified to be offended at absolutely anything that is out there? They don't even have to know you. They don't even care about you. They just want to be right. And they're just going to put that message out there, and there is bitterness, and there's offense in their heart. And so there's kind of this message out there. You have a right to be offended. Walk around. Be offended. Just say what you want. Just do what you want. Live offended. Just go ahead and do that. 
So many people are hung up on, I have the right to be offended, that they fail to consider the high cost of being offended and living offended. That there is something that goes on in our hearts when we carry bitterness inside of us, and we don't think that's the case. I think every person in this room probably can say something somewhere in their life that you've had to deal with that feeling of. But then there goes to the next of not only feeling it, but that you are living offended. All of us are going to feel offended somewhere, sometime. We're gonna, that, there's a feeling of that, okay? And I'm not saying that's sin, and I don't think Jesus says that's sin. It's when you and I live offended, and we live with offense, and that's how we treat others. Because it's really amazing as you look, and in, in this, this trap of offense, that if we take the bait, you got to realize that when you are living inside of living a life that is offended all the time, what happens is your offense goes with you wherever you go. And we want to invite people into this as well, that we want people, well, you need to listen to my offense. And the problem with that is, is that, yeah, if you have people there that are help to help you and pray you through the offense, that's one thing. But if you're trying to get people offended because of what you went through, that is sin. I love how John Bevere talks about this in his book, Bait of Satan. That's a great book to read. That's a convicting book to read on this thing called offense. That if you're looking for others to come alongside of you and say, oh, not just to hear you, but you want them to be offended with you, or you take on the offense, John Bevere puts inside the book, I think, something so poignant that if you are helping somebody through an offense and you become offended because of what happened to them, there's no grace for you in the offense. There is not God's covering for you inside of being offended. Are you with me? I'm just loving you today. I'm, I'm reminding myself about this today. I encourage you to read that book. That's a great book. But so many people are hanging on to it. See, it doesn't matter where you go. You can move and you can change. I can move and I can change. But your offense will always go with you. The trap is always set. 1 Corinthians 10, 23. Everything is permissible, but not everything is what? Beneficial. Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. In this writing, what's happening, here's what's happening in this portion. This is a new day of liberty and freedom for God's people because they're coming out of legalism. And he writes this, yes, there are things that we go through in our world, and he's talking about that time that they live in where they were the law, the law, the law, legal, 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 live in this legalized world. But he's saying, you know what? You are no longer that any longer. In Jesus Christ, you are a new creation. You are a new person. And he's, he's wanting us to see, the Apostle Paul is that, hey, you no longer, we no longer live there, legal, 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 law, 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 if you don't do this, body, 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 and all these steps. So he's telling them, hey, this is a new day of freedom for your life. So just because you have the right doesn't mean it's the best thing for you to do, just because you do. And we live in this world, we've talked about this a moment ago, and you hear this all the time, of this online world where people feel anonymous and, oh, I'm just going to, you know, just take that person on. And they have no skin in the game anyways, and they probably don't even know your real heart in the matter. But it, it is 
permissible for you as a Christian to speak your mind. But my question is for you today, is it beneficial according to the Apostle Paul's words? I can read some of those things sometimes and I'm thinking, wow, that's sad. I can read some of those things sometimes and say, wow, I feel offended, right? I don't like that. But you know that you can unfollow somebody. See, because if somebody's going to continue to live that way and they don't want to be free, because I don't know about you, Jesus is all about freedom. And I'm not going to stay stuck. And I'm not going to live stuck because that's against the cross of Jesus Christ. But I'm going to live free. And I want you to live free because you're stuck. And I want to see you come out of this. And you can be a new person in Jesus Christ. And his grace can cover you. I know there's maybe difficult things that happen to you. And, but I'm, I'm, I'm not going to allow you. I don't want you to stay in that offense any longer. I want you to come out of that. I want you to deal with that because God has a better plan for you. You were called to be free, Paul says, so serve one another humbly. That's what he tells the church in Galatia, right? He's saying you're free. You're free. You're free. That same freedom can lead to a choice that actually, really, if we want to take it to a very bad degree, that can create fights, strifes, wars, and bondage. Yeah, you're free, but if you use your freedom in the wrong way, you create your own prison, and you become a hostage to your own passion and your own offense. But Jesus said, I'm free, and who the sun sets free is free indeed. So when you find someone that disagrees with you politically, personally, whatever, it, it, you have the right to be offended. After all, they're wrong, right? Well, I got a right to do that. If they don't see it like me, they're wrong, right? We've all had that feeling, right? It starts at an offense, and then if we grab for the bait, that's where the problem is. So we have to figure at that point where the feeling of offense is going to come. And it's going to come in many different forms and many different ways in your life. But you have to decide, are you going to reach in to the trap? At that moment, are you going to reach in and try to grab a hold of that thing? And that's the scandalon that Jesus is talking about in this portion of Scripture. It's a trap that has been set. But um, you have to understand, we are called as Christians to transcend that. We are called to something bigger. We are called to something greater. Our hope is not in a political party. We are kingdom people. We are Jesus people. We believe in a coming kingdom that is greater than all the kingdoms of the earth. We have common ground, and our common ground as we meet here every week is Jesus. That's it. We should pray for those in politics. I agree with that. We should pray for our president, our vice president. We should pray for their families. We should pray for those in government because that's what God calls us to do. But we are on this earth to serve a greater kingdom, and that is Jesus. You got to understand, in, you know, in heaven there will be Republicans and there will be Democrats. And they're all, you know, I, I think it's God's humor. He's probably going to move you into the opposing party next door, just so you know that they made it, right? <laughs> to be angry is understandable, to be offended 
is, is you understand that that takes it to another level. There's nothing wrong that you look at that and you think, wow, okay, that is an offense. And, um, but if you allow it to grip your heart, it's like fangs that goes in with poison. But my hope today is that you and I can take a step back from the offense. We can take a step back from the offense today and just take a look at that and really see where that's coming from. People are not our enemy. Satan is our enemy. Right? Those things are being allowed to come through a person because of the spirit that is inside of them, that the enemy is trying to use them, um, whatever it may be. Just take a step back. It's, it's not about trying to lighten something that maybe is extremely difficult in your life. I'm not trying to overpass that. There are some very difficult things that have happened to people in this room, in your life. There's some very difficult things that have come about and, and, and whatever it may be that, that has happened to you. I, I'm, I'm not excusing that. Please hear my heart. Very horrific things inside of your life. But I just want you to know that Apostle Paul had an argument in this area. He said, there's neither Greek nor Jew in Christ. That can be offensive. This is me. This is my identity. He wasn't trying to take away anyone's natural race. He was simply trying to say that we're called to something bigger and we have to stop seeing one another the way our culture tells us to see each other. That we have to break the cycle of the culture outside of these four walls inside of the church. We have to refuse the bait that Satan has served us up. And God will help you, and God will help us together as a church. It doesn't matter. It, it, it doesn't matter. You may feel offended today. That feeling comes, but don't live offended. Today, I want you to know that you can release that in the name of Jesus, and you can walk away free today. You can be free. You can be free. We have the choice. And the narrative is out there is, yeah, you offended me, I'm going to live that. But the narrative inside of Scripture is so much different. I forgive you. I love you. See, the message of Scripture is so opposite of the culture we live in. And the message of culture seems like it's just ringing in our ear the whole time. Jesus said it's blessed, and blessed is the one who is not offended. Why would he say that if it's impossible? He said, you're blessed. How can we live without being offended? Two quick points, and we're coming to an end. Number one, Scripture tells us, overlook an offense. Proverbs 19.11 says that it's good sense that will make us slow to anger, but the last line says, it's to your glory to overlook an offense. I mean, it's to your glory that you would overlook it. What will you do after you experience offense? And the scripture clearly points it out here. Here's how you should look at it. You should overlook it. That it's good sense that will make us slow to anger, and it's to your glory to overlook the offense. So really, if you play the victim, you stay the victim. But if you make up your mind today, I don't want that kind of life any longer. Because I, I can tell you, and I, we know this from Scripture, that God has never called a Christian to live as a victim. Amen? He has set us free from the snare and the trap that has been well laid for us. Right? 
but you have to make up your mind. You ever gone and traveled through the mountains here? I'm sure you have. Maybe you've hiked. Maybe you, you've stopped your car, and you've come to this place where it says overlook. And you pulled in because you thought, this is going to be amazing. And as you pulled in, you got out your car, and you looked at the vast expanse. And what you did was, yeah, you saw the valleys. There were lows. But what overrode the journey was the overlook. The beauty of the scenery. This world's going to be full of the valley moments, problems, circumstances, grief, those things, yes, that we have in our heart. But he's telling us today, you want to overlook it? There's something greater. And if you do this, I will bless you. Because there's a real beauty where the enemy would try to come in and bring his evil. God says, listen, I can turn all of that and make it for my good and your good as well. So we can either take hold of an offense, which results in letting go of the miraculous, or we can let go of an offense in order to take hold of the miraculous. Number one, overlook an offense. Number two, forgive. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sin, your Father will not forgive your sins. That's just so clear and plain. We've read this. We've heard this many times in our own lives. For if you forgive other people, the Father forgives us. You make the choice. God's going to make the change today in this moment. So that bondage that has kept your soul captive can be poured out for your freedom, as the Apostle Paul has told us. So today, I just wonder what you're dealing with because we're all dealing with something different. Maybe you're going through something where you have the feeling of offense. And I just encourage you, take a step back from that today and don't allow yourself to be trapped by living offended and go free in the name of Jesus. There's a better way There's a higher calling in Jesus Christ, and that is to live above the fray. Yeah, it doesn't mean you're not going to hurt. It doesn't mean you're not going to grieve. There's not going to be difficult things that are said. But let's be people of God that live above the fray, that we're going to overlook an offense, and we're going to forgive readily. And we're going to move forward in the name of Jesus and allow his grace and his mercy to cover us and give us the strength that we need today. Let's pray. Father, your word is a light and a lamp to our path. And I thank you for that today, Lord, for changing us through your word that is living and active. That God, on any area today, Lord, even as I've preached that, Lord, I believe your spirit has brought something or a situation to mind, a person, a situation that we have gone through that is so difficult that we are struggling with it. We have the feeling of being offended, which doesn't mean that's sin. But, Lord, I pray that each of us would just take a step back from that today and say, Lord, I am not going to allow that offense to control my life. And I am going to be set free today in the name of Jesus. That I'm going to choose, according to your word, to overlook the offense And I'm going to forgive the person that has insulted me, that has angered me, that has done things to me. Father, today I pray right now in this room, online, that I believe people are releasing that in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray.
And I want to thank you for that, Lord. And I want to thank you for your grace. And I want to thank you for your mercy. Lord, that rests upon us. That who the Son sets free is free indeed in this moment. And we're going to use our freedom in the right way to not be trapped by the lies of the enemy one more moment longer. I pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to get in touch or would like more resources on how to live a successful Christian life, you can always find us at myabundantlife.com. Have a blessed week.